Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know, you know, Chris is so restrictive of what I can talk about. We talk oh, we talk general like business practices and B thinks that the entire world should, should know what's in people's bank accounts, what their blood type is, who they voted for in nineteen eighty eight. Like she's got it, she wants everybody to know everything. If we get a chance to talk about Tyke Up Tuesday, I would oh. love for you to be on the show. We do DIY or creative things, repurposing cutting up shirts. I don't give a fuck what it is because I love for people to see the other creative sides of comedians. That's all I was going to say. I'm doing a whole bunch of different stuff over here anyway. Um, I'm organizing everything. I'm cleaning everything up, you know, cleaning up my life. You know, it's all about mental health, physical health. I just got off the phone with um, with Sean Moore talking about some term life insurance and converting it to whole life. You know, we we adults now. Yeah, and that's what we talk about on my show, how art is our therapy. It's definitely a mental, you know, I guess it's like a a, a surrogate to me. To yeah, I didn't to tell you. Mia's, Mia's a Pentecostal comic. You can't smoke oh you know, my while God. she's on. <laughs> I'm not smoking. What, what are, are you talking about? I, I am not. How dare you? The show ain't it's even started. Now, when the show starts, then you know I know the rules. I love How'd you like that cold open? <laughs> no Sherry Shepard, no Kim Whitley today. We have a treat for you. I've got some friends that have stepped in. Sherry approved. Now, you know, Kim's on vacation with her damn self. Allegedly, uh, but Sherry is uh, is out doing comedy. She is at the Charlotte Comedy Zone this weekend. You all can go check her out and uh, and have some fun with Sherry this weekend on the podcast. Though, oh, two funny mamas must roll on. I know you guys are surprised. Actually, we have a flyer here. Look at this, Sherry Shepard. SherryShowTV.com slash tour. Go see Sherry. She's got the uh, stand up bug and she's out there killing it. Uh, speaking of stand ups. The fill-ins today, your stepmoms of sorts. B-flat, you know her from Tighten Up Tuesday. <laughs> Yamanika Saunders. She's from everywhere. She's recently been on the yeah, Sherry. I love being a stepmom. On the Sherry show. I, we'll get B's thoughts on being a stepmom. And then uh, my good friend Mia Jackson. She's a, a writer, comedian. You've seen her on Comedy Central. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. I personally... I'm super excited to see this happen, but I want you all to uh, introduce yourselves. Even you, B-flat, you go first. I've, uh, 
I, I think people should know you by now, but with Sherry and Kim's popularity, we keep getting new people tuning in. So everybody, sure if you would, get some plugs in. You sure you're excited, Chris, to see me? You just saw me Tuesday. Where, where did I see you? On my shit, Tighten Up Tuesday. You know I'm the flipper for the folks. I come in and flip your space, one room, for under $200. And you got to help. Ain't no going to no damn spa and come back and be surprised. Get your gear on, get your grandma and everybody together so we can work on your space and they can learn something. So that's where I was on Tuesday showing how I was flipping and doing different things around here and, you know, doing things for my neighbor, checking on her bench that I built her. That's what we do on Tighten Up Tuesday. Use the stuff you already have. So hopefully Mia will come on the show. I'm sure you're doing something, something creative. I'm going to find something. And even if you flop, you can come on the show and tell people how it didn't work. We do that too. <laughs> Perfect. I'm down. Mia, Mia Jackson on the show today, the first time. Wow. What, a, what an exciting moment in your career. What's, uh, what should people know about you? What what should the people know? Uh, well, I am Mia Jackson. Um, I'm a comedian and an avid reader. Okay. What else? What else do people need to know? I'm also a writer. And um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a new aunt. I'm very excited oh, about here it. Here we go. Yes. Here we go. Yes. No, Chris, just because you're a dad be uncle does not mean... <laughs> You because because I go and see the baby once a month because you have not seen your niece yet. And I don't know what's up with that, Chris, because you know everybody from my show that sent you clothes and stuff for the baby. <laughs> and they want to see the picture and uh, baby with the onesies on and shit. Chris ain't show no pictures on the show. Now I can say that's because Chris ain't seen the baby. Chris he ain't told nobody the why. Baby. He ain't told nobody why. I get a text update every day that we're that mm. included. I'm watching her grow up over the phone. So, Chris, how many onesies? How many? How many onesies did you get from the Picasso's? Like four, four or five. Your fans love mailing stuff, and they're and they so nice. Like, and they'd be like, Chris. They'd be like, be flat. I told you how they'd be talking about you in my email. And we're going to do a roast. But they be like, be flat. When Chris going to take a picture of his baby niece in that one that I sent him? I'd be like, girl, I don't know. That's what I got to say in the email. I'd be like, girl, I don't know. See? You got to ask Chris on the show in the comments. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians, Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist, Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. 
with a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. Comments. Now you know, I know what. what now, now, that's that's what I, I I needed to hear the further confirmation because I was like maybe I'm wrong. You know no, maybe I'm just maybe I'm not just slandering his name as an uncle. No, but this that's how you know. That's how you know, Chris. He Deezy on my show, but he ain't got a little. He got a little black in him, but he ain't got all black in him. Because you know when black mm. people get we take pictures in the shit instantly. Whites that come out in the family, they'd be like, oh, we'll put it on on a special occasion. Black <laughs> would have had it on in all the stories. It'd be five mm-hmm. stories with five different onesies on all on the same day. They'd be like, oh, baby got the uncle sent this from the... But we'll wait on it, Chris. Thank you. That's all yeah. I got to say. And I'm Mia, did you have any further slander or... Um, well, I was well, speaking of onesies, a yom sent my little niece an I love New York onesie, um, which we, you know, we tried to put it on her, but, um, she, she's not thick enough yet for it. Oh, so okay. We just, but we oh. like, when she, when she fattened up over the summer, but we, we tried and we were like, oh, it's going to hang on for her. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's so cute though. Yeah. Of course, I can't wait to see it. She just confirmed the story. They put it on her. Yeah. See? 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 That's all I got to say. It's a cultural it's, thing. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I, well, let me. Can I? Can I get my intro in, please? I want to tap in. Top of the no, top, of the, like top of the pyramid. Top of the pyramid. Top of the pyramid. Before I've been formally introduced, and I know I've been here before, but let me just say this. Uh, Yamanika here. Thank you for having me back. Um, I just met my nieces and they nine and 11. Okay. So uh, let's be very clear. I'm not, you understand for the first time I met them at age nine and at age 11. Um, they are, uh, or no way. I think one seven. See, I, I forgot their names. Um, but no, I know, I, I know their names. Uh, I won't say them cause I know my sister and them like secure, you know, to keep confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I have half sisters, so that's what you know. And and I, I just met them, and I look forward to meeting. Um, one of my sisters has two daughters. One of my, my other half sister has um, two sons. So I'm looking forward to meeting my nephews. I'm going to be. I'm blessed. My one of my sisters asked me to marry her. She's getting married next year. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about growing my relationship with. Uh, I can. I will say my sisters' names because I. You know, children is off. You know, we got to protect right. the children, but. My, my my sister Tayana and my sister Maisha, and um, I'm glad that they're letting me be a part of their children's lives uh, because I don't have any children. Um, I mean, I've been pregnant before, but I know how to fall downstairs. Um, yeah, you should so, call. I got another one. You got to do that. Again. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, you know, oh. listen, uh, the children are the future. Um, I I will say, uh, let me just say with my intro, what I love about these women here, and um, a proud moment I just had recently with Mia, and she won't say this is uh, Mia wrote an episode uh, for season two of Life and Beth. She's one of the writers on there. And um, she allowed me to come on, yes. And I was able to sit next to her. I was off that day, but she allowed me to come be with her on set as she, uh, you know, directed them through that, moved them through that. And it was just really uh, such an honor to see that. Uh, and, yeah, I was just really excited. I was really, really proud of her. So, you know, uh, I have so much love for uh, Mia. She is one of the sweetest people I know. And she tolerates my shenanigans. And, uh, <laughs> and what can I say about B? Everybody knows I'm so in awe of her and her spirit. And, you know, really when I've had some really difficult times, she has had some really heartfelt conversations with me. She's somebody that I trust to uplift, to give perspective, um, and, you know, not, and doesn't make anything about herself when you're going through it. She really holds you in it. So I can't, I can't wait, wait, tell wait, wait. you. B flat? Yes. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to be on the show today with them. Obviously, Chris, you know how I feel about you. It's been a while since you and I have really spoken. We got to get back to speaking like we did on the regular, but I'm disappointed about the hair. Um, I'm disappointed in the head. I mean, I was like, is this Jesus Christ at Golden Corral? What is happening here? <laughs> Don't put that on Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, know, I, I, turn, <laughs> I turn water, I turn water into chocolate fountains. <laughs> well, I was going to say you turn water into gravy. But, um, you know, this is as cute as a pie. You know, I got to tone it down because I don't know what's going on between him and Kim. But, you know, if, if she moves out the way for one second, I'll, uh, I'll step right in there. Let me tell you something. If I don't marry Chris, then I don't know what's happening in the world. And I've put that out there. 20 years from now, Chris and I, once he gets over the fact that I'm older than him and that, I ha you know, sometimes I have a lace phone on, sometimes I don't. And the day y'all get married, I'm going to get my hysterectomy reversed. And I'm <laughs> that part. Chris, I'm just going back to the fact that Yamanika is right about me, just like I called you yesterday and I was concerned. And you're like, you're generally concerned about me. Just because we fell <laughs> out last week. Wow. Because we fell out last week, Chris. Because so you know I'm concerned about your well-being and I know you're working hard and under a lot of stress, doing a lot of things to bring a lot of projects together and hold down the fort. So I was just calling to see how you were doing and you was like, I don't always know things about me, but I make sure I listen for the opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that means right. a lot. Wow, this is, this is what a special yeah. day. A proposal... A, a birth, a future birth announcement, <laughs> and uh, and someone and I, I can look up to as an aunt. I'm a proud great aunt, and you know I don't have children that I know of, and I love that my two great nieces have my middle name. Yes, so, yes. So I live on through them. They have my middle name, 
and they are so cute. And it's funny because they look like twins and they're cousins. And one's name is Layla and the other one's name is Lyric. Because their mom and daddy are twins. My niece, my nieces and nephews are twins, Lark and Lewis. And they both have a kid apiece. And they named them like the L name and then gave them my middle name. Oh. They was like, we love my bed. I was like, somebody got to take care of me when I get old. That's what I said. Yeah, That's why I need these kids now. Right. I need right. these kids. I told my sisters, it's not yeah. about y'all. It's about y'all kids. Because I'm, I'm a nice that's right I do all kind of shit for him because I was like when I get old I want them to come and check on my bed nobody else gonna do it so be nice to your nieces and nephews people if you ain't got no kids <laughs> some other uh, other than being great planners these ladies uh, aside from B don't always brag about uh, some of the accomplishments they've had recently uh, B was on uh, Celebrity Game Face with Sherry with uh, yes. Kevin Hart. Say that, Chris. You won. You know we won it air. People oh, that's know right. That we won. Yeah. There's this. Yes, we won. Why you everybody on there? Back because she's been on there four times, and I kept saying, Sherry, don't worry about it. I got this. You be on here with people with bad knees. Girl, I got these steps. <laughs> and I run. I was like, you know I do marathons? I was like, girl, please. And I ran up. We won. That's all I got to say. Chris, oh, you know that's hilarious. It was the, the bomb. Well, B, she's got a podcast, Tighten Up Tuesday, if you haven't tuned in for that. But these ladies, all three have done uh, some pretty incredible things in the comedy world. Uh, Yamanika and B have both been on This Is Not Happening. Yamanika's been on multiple times. Mia, also Comedy Central special as well. Go check her out. Uh, Mia, you were talking about writing, and we can get into it a little bit later what that means. But uh, you also, uh, fun fact, speaking of Sherry, Kim, and the show, Mia was a writer on I Love Us. I was. Oh yeah, yes. As you see here, Kim got pregnant standing next to Country Wayne in that (laughs) one photo. (laughs) I like that dress. So cute. Kim always got on and cute and sexy. Look at Chris out here pulling up the pulling up all the images. He does. He does the research. He's good. I love it. Yeah, and I'm okay. trying to get him to go home. That's the problem. Chris don't never go home. He's always doing this. Look at that. That's, why he, That's why he got all the money. That's why he can't go see his niece. Saving up all his money for what? That's why I want to yeah. know. What is this? Some type of back down memory lane with you? You know that was Chris last year. You know that was Chris last year before he got his hand start growing. Right. It went from Mia's credits to this is your life, Mia, with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening oh here? I just gradually transitioned yeah. it to photos of me with famous right. black women comedians. And you're going to be flashing it back to when you had short hair. <laughs> okay. All right. We're done. Oh. Uh, ladies, uh, yes, very talented, and I'm so pumped you could join and fill in for Sherry and Kim today. Sherry, again, on tour, super busy. Go see her in Charlotte if you're in that area this weekend. That's the flyer. You can go to sherryshowtv.com slash tour. Go see her and uh, spend the holiday weekend with her. Um, all right. So you guys are obviously very talented women. 
you're here, you're hanging out, we're having a blast. Unfortunately, super sad news. Let's just dive right into it. Tina yeah. Turner has passed away. As of, we're recording this on Thursday, This or Wednesday is coming out Thursday. As of, I guess we all found out about uh, 30 minutes ago. Um, I didn't realize everybody hadn't seen it, and I made a little uh, note page, and that's how Yamanika found out. So now we're tied together for that. But an amazing yeah. woman. You all, I'm sure, have some great things to say about her. But she has ties to St. Louis, so there's al I've always been aware of her as soon as I was, like, born. And then even up recently, I just watched her uh, documentary on HBO. Incredible. Highly amazing. recommend that. Um, start us off, Yamanika. What's, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure this is tough. This is never easy, too, because she meant so much to so many people. No, it's not easy. Um, it's well. Let me just first address. Yeah, I found out through Chris, but I always find out deaf news haphazardly. Anyway, my mother constantly—I hate to call my mother because she loved to play. Guess who died? It's always somebody she know that damn died. And then you don't never know who they are. You got to go there to thing and this and that. And it's never the person. Come to find out, it was a gerbil. So. Um, <laughs> You know, getting news like this is, you know, that makes you black, Chris. Because black people just be throwing death news out. Out. That's true. That's you know what I'm saying? You be like, well, Uncle Earl died. Well, hold on, what? So, but Tina Turner, let me tell you something. She is, I hate to say spirit animal, but for lack of saying anything else, I would say spirit animal. Because... Tina Turner, especially for the demographic of women that watch this and, and for us as well, when Tina Turner showed that life can not restart and get better after 40, she is an example of that. And um, I, I know uh, Bev Smith is doing the, the hashtag, it gets better later, I think. And I like that movement of women being dynamic and not going to the wayside. And we know that she had a tumultuous start um, where she was, she was, uh, you know, she was with a man who was jealous of her talent and of her spirit and wanted to control that. And thank God, God got her out of that situation that she could flourish. It's not that she didn't do spectacular things when she was with him, but she was able to soar above that when she was released from him. And to then find love um, on terms of somebody who could love her the way she needed to be loved. And that's how she spoke about her next husband. So there's so many examples we can take out of Tina Turner's life. Not just that she was an immaculate talent, but that she was a woman of fortitude. She was a yeah. woman who had an exemplary life that can show you, don't ever let anything tell you what is supposed to be done at what age and at what time life comes at you and you get the things that you need as you go along if you just continue to live in your truth so I will forever love Tina Turner um you know I I have so much regard and respect and love for my grandmother who was my heart but I'll tell you it it hurt me uh very similar to when I found out about my grandmother's passing it it, it left a a a stain knowing that we don't have that blessed, encouraging spirit on earth, but thank God she lived a life and left us with so many examples um, and a life to be proud of. So may you rest in peace uh, with the heavenly father, Tina Turner. Well said, Pastor Young. Mm -hmm. 
B, I, I know uh, you being from St. Louis as well. I mean, did that um, again? It's I'm sure people from where she grew up, Tennessee or Alabama, I believe, or until she was about eight. Either way, she spent some formative no, years here. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. yeah. So, so she grew up there till she was about eight, I believe. Her mom just said her parents abandoned her. Kind of, like, it was a bad deal. But she spent some formative years here. Did that mean anything to you growing up in this area? Of course it did, because um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, Chris, that my first performance as a three-year-old, although they had me practicing as a two-year-old was Proud Mary for my aunt's nursing school. So I performed Proud Mary for a group of nurses. This had to be in like 1972, somewhere around that era. Um, but the thing about Tina Turner that I've always admired was just her diversity in all genres of music and just how she was over. People always uh, tell her story from a point of view that she overcame, she overcame. But I look at it like uh, there are so many women that have that same Tina story. T Tina t Turner story. She just told it. And a lot of people in her generation, and you know, our mothers in that generation, they don't tell the story of the things that they go through. We're just now in this generation where it's me too. And people talk about abuse, be it incest or whatever, be it you know, physical abuse from your husband. I think as a black woman, she was a pioneer in that. She broke away and didn't let that define her. Whereas a lot of women keep going back to that pattern. And she was like, oh no, I'm better than this. So to me, she didn't, her life is not defined by what she went through. Her, to me, her life was defined by what she overcame and just left that in the past. Cause she did so much more. And the way that she always reinvented herself, I totally, try to pattern myself after Tina Turner because she's amazing all throughout her career. And she, even in her, these pictures, she's in like her fifties and sixties. So, you know, you can look up to her in a, as a middle-aged woman and be like, you know what? Not because of her money and her body look like that. She always believed in taking care of herself and putting herself first and foremost. So I think that just carried her throughout and that's how she was always able to do shit in her 70s and 80s. And I feel the same way because like, I just feel like it's a resurgence of black women. We had that strong power movement in the 70s. And now we just have so many opportunities that are open to us. We're taking advantage of it. Look at what we're doing. We wouldn't have all of this 30 years ago. So I feel as though I'm at an age where, you know, people are like, oh, she getting old. I just feel like I'm at the best. I'm better now in my mid fifties than I was 20, 30 years ago. And health wise, everything. So I just feel as though she represents that for me and a lot of women that are just continuing to try to get better. And all of us have a story, you see what I'm saying? But she represents continuing on and just getting better for me. That's what she Well, represents. you said I was preaching. You were co-pastor co up in here. Wow, <laughs> wow that is yes. More people try to say that you have to die for people to learn your life story. And she was one of those people whose story should have been documented, should have been out, whose story as a role model should have been told from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, all the way up until now. This woman was in her 80s. And she'd been doing that since she was in her 20s. You see what I'm saying? Like younger than that, but professionally. Yeah. So I feel as though she's always had a 
from the point she left, I, she's always had an amazing story to tell in terms of her religion and just how she regained her spirit. But we don't celebrate that stuff. We always yeah. and who was a drug addict and want to tell a thousand documentaries about them. And then when the person passes, you the flowers, and then you find out shit about them. Be like, you find out they were an activist, and people don't know that she was an activist and more yeah. than just an entertainer. You know, there's a lot of stuff we wouldn't even have in terms of black women, in terms of opportunities, if it wasn't for <clears> teen fathers. Yeah. Her era or type. But we wait till they pass away to find out a, about a Pam Greer and a Tina Turner. You see what I'm saying? And a Diane Carroll. And these women have always done positive things to get us where we are as black women. Yeah. Deacon, Deacon, ja Deacon Jackson. <laughs> you know what about to come up with my with You're my looking at a diverse group of women. I'm going to stop here. You're looking at a gross a group of women who have opportunities. Like all of us are in SAG. She's a writer. Yam's a writer. We're all in SAG. I'm on the nominating board committee. So it's always we're doing things behind the scenes that we wouldn't have had opportunities to do years ago if it wasn't for pioneers mm -hmm. like them in this industry. So that's all I have to say. Amen. And that was beautiful. It was both y'all and I. And now I and as a deacon, um, yeah. <laughs> you need to read. Tell us about the. Tell us about the good book of Tina. The good book you know of what, Tina. Let me, let me, uh, you know what? Let me, like uh, uh, this is when I think about the the, you know, my experiencing her as a, you know, as a as a consumer of of art. Like I remember as a kid, like seeing the Private Dancer album so like that's where she starts for me you know what I mean so like you see that album like I didn't I didn't know because my dad was, is, is like had a bunch of albums and stuff so like to me it didn't it didn't even connect that like I was like oh there was a Tina Turner before she was this thing you know and so I can remember that and then watching the um you know the um the movie watching what's love got to do with it and Angela Bassett's amazing performance as Tina Turner where I think she you know really just in, embodied everything about her and then that made me go because I already love biopics anyway and then that made me go I have to read her story and I need to hear it in her words and so it really just provided a lot of context just for you know because you know biopics leave things out and you get to actually hear it from her in her own words and you just go man like and that just made me like love her even more and like just you know my connection as far as like just again just respecting her as an artist like I would um I used to drive everybody crazy because there was a point in my life where I would act out most of the scenes to what's love got to do with it and then be told to go sit my ass down somewhere because nobody because they, they were like you think you funny you ain't you ain't funny you think you funny you know why you always and and, and you know so it was so you know so just something about like her being a performer and then me thinking that I was good enough to even try to be acting this out in front of people is ridiculous but again also shows just the inspiration um you know of, of who she is but yeah but her her story just in general is you know it's it's again it's 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 the resilience it's just the the perseverance all mm -hmm. those different things and then especially um you know also having watched that documentary where you're like yeah, people tried to distill her story to go, oh, well, this is this woman who had this thing with this man. And you're like, no, 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 no. She was still going to be Tina Turner regardless of, 
him in her life, you know, and, and, it, and, and again, you know, and also being a woman of a certain age, you know, as a kid, you know, or when you're younger and you see these things where you go, oh, well, her being a rock, you know, artist at 40s, you know, like that's, you know, it seems like such a far off thing. But then when you grow older yourself, you're like, man, that was, that was something really amazing that she was, you know, because people always love to write off black women anyway and black women as artists and black women as performers and it's like here's a woman who said none of what you think about me matters to me i know what i'm capable of and i'm going to do this thing and not only am i going to do this thing i'm going to thrive and you just see it's like once she broke free it just whatever it was that he had in her life it's like hey you know what cool you introduced her to us but she was always who she was and her career Mm -hmm. speaks for itself. And, you know, and I just, you know, I'm just, I will always just be very grateful that we were able to, we were able to have Tina Turner, Anna Mae Bullock in our life, Mm -hmm. you know, so always very thankful for that. So. Amen. I will, I will take up a collection if anybody wants. Yeah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Um, I take up a collection. Uh, I took. Not some- I heard you, Chris. You got it right. You said, "Won't well, do it." That's right, Chris. You got so it. Kudos, kudos to Tina uh, passing away at 83. And this is a somewhat recent photo. Uh, and this isn't a slight to her husband, Irwin, but they look—they're 20 years. There's a 20-year difference, and they look like they look great together. Yeah, yeah, they look about the same age. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. This gonna be look. Put it back up. That's gonna be me and Chris in a couple years. No, that's gonna be me and my husband. Oh, Chris, you just tell me what you and Dennis are gonna look like. So I'm gonna show that Dennis. I'm gonna be in the picture. I'm gonna be smiling next to Chris, going, "Oh my God, I wish you would cut that hair." <laughs> is that what Tina's saying here? She's going. I told this son of a. That is wild. Because, you know, I'm 16 years older than my husband. And everybody yeah. says, and it's so funny because now his whole beard is turning gray and he ain't even 40 yet. And it's so funny yeah. because, yeah, we've been, girl, we, this is going on like 13 years. Yeah, been married. Hey! Yeah, I'm so happy. What? Mia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never left. It never left. I never so, leave it from nowhere. It's still uh, here. Uh, Mia, what was that dance you were doing for their marriage? That was that was, that was because that was that was like oh I didn't know that. <laughs> that was the that was giddy girl giddy giddy girl. Be <laughs> know what it means. Thanks, one more, Chris. Mia, Mia, one more time. <laughs> Mia, don't dance for him. Don't be jumping through hoops for him. No, 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 no. That's a, don't make it into. Oh, Yamanika, everybody. Uh, getting, yeah, getting me prepared for a future life. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, great words by the, uh, by the, uh, what would you call it? The, the Baptist Collective? Like, what, what's your yeah, church's yeah. name? The Church of, of, of Comedy in Christ. <laughs> yes. The Tabernacle of Tina. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. how it goes. I like it. I like it. You know, okay. she practiced Buddhism. What's she that? Was, she was 
a Buddhist. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nam Yoho Rank and Yeah, Nam with them, all of that. But it's, yes. it's like yoga is very calming and you need that in your life in terms of meditation and just regaining your spirit and just learning to recenter. Because you know I do it every day. That's why I smoke. <laughs> I appreciate that because about you. It circles. It, it make a circle around me. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the middle and it makes me mm-hmm. recenter. And there you have it. Uh, well, B, you know a little about this. We were talking about Yamanika and Mia, uh, uh, some of the projects they're working on. They're both performers, uh, actors, comedians, now paid professional writers. You got the writer's strike. I thought since you two were coming on today, Sherry and Kim have talked about it a little bit. Uh, the audience is always, this is a really interested, educated audience that tunes in, and they always have some really unique creative questions as far as the writer's strike goes first off give people a little rundown of who you write for what you've written for and then how is it affecting you i mean that's the most that's the most simple of questions to kind of start that off and it's not a good situation i work i've told people um i hope we didn't lose yamanika oh something something illegal is happening you know, I feel like that was, I feel like hips was involved with whatever just happened. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, what I, I, I brought this because I just, we just won the Writers Guild Award. Wow. Yeah. Hang on, wait. Inside Amy Schumer. Wow. That's incredible. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, I have to give uh, uh, a lot of credit to, to Amy uh, to Dan Powell for uh, really putting a really good uh, group of people together. So when I hold this up, it's, I'm not holding this up as a person like I did this. There were a bunch of amazing writers for Inside Amy Schumer and some um, people who wrote. I just it it was just amazing to be in a room with some of these people and, and the process. So once you get into a writer's room, I, I, I was talking about this somewhere else the, uh, the other day, writer's room can always be intimidating in the, in the beginning. Um, uh, but it, there's some good writer's room. There's some bad, some bad ones. Um, it, can you give us, can you give us a quick, just like super quick yeah. example of a good, of a good writer's room and a bad writer's room? Just a sentence. Do you, Mia? Do you want to do? Do you want to do that? I could, I, but I could, I could give a little bit. I guess we could. So, so to me, um, from my, from my, from my limited experience as a as a writer in writers' room, I see, um, I said for you to come in because you have more. I think you have more than I do. Oh but we God, both, yes. Yeah, so. Well, well, well I to me, a a good room, it, to me, is a collaborative process. And, you know, and this is, you know, from my own experience, but also even just, you know, from talking to my friends who have been in other rooms where they're like, yeah, you want to, because it is intimidating because you're like, wait a minute, I'm I'm working in this place where there are people who have written for all these different things that have written all these different awards that have had pilots and, you know, all the like things that have gone to series, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And um, you can go in there, at least for me, you know, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be alone? Am I going to be by myself? Am I going to have to write a whole script? Because when you see a finished script, you're like, 
all right, you look at that, you know, a sitcom about, um, you know, if it's a, um, a single camera half hour show that's about 30, 35 pages, um, I mean, about 35 pages on average, where you're like, that's a lot when you look at that, you know, just by yourself. And you're like, can I, can I do this thing? But then, like for me, my most recent experience was in the Life and Death writer's room, which is a scripted dramedy. Um, and it was just, it was just collaborative. Everybody sat around, we talked, you know, we were, it was a Zoom room, so we were not, you know, with each other, but it was, this is the thing that I think we should talk about. Like this, let's kind of plot how this episode should go and then, okay, well, you're going to do this episode, but everybody would contribute. So you didn't feel like, oh, I have to go write this script all by myself with, with nothing. You know, you have things to actually work from. And so that's what I find to be um, a, a good a good room. And then, like, I've been in, um, like, many years ago, I wrote for um, a smaller, it was a smaller room, and, it, you know, it was an award show. And it was it was fine, but I also felt very much like, oh, I'm by myself because it was, well, we have to write these jokes for this person or this monologue for this specific person and these different things. And it was just like everybody kind of just worked on their own until we all got together. And then it would be, well, no, that's not going to work. Nope, nope, nope. So it was a lot of that happening. And I was just like, oh, God, like if this is what it's like, this may actually kind of be scary you know and so you know so to know that there are experiences where there are people that are like hey we're actually trying to make a good show here we should work together on this that's i think that's what you want out of a out of a writer's room are there any specific questions Chris, about uh sorry b i just wanted to oh i was sure. going to give my perspective on the writer's whole thing from being on the nominating board you know i'm always on those committees and shit, but because it's very important. And a lot of people don't even know what the writer's strike is about. It's just That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my show ain't coming on. It's in rerun. It's in... And then you realize how important it is to pay these people for what they're doing and their job and their wages. But it's more than just intellectual property. Like a lot of people don't know, like when you write a script or you write anything, a treatment, you have to read well, you should register it with the Writers Guild so that no one else can steal your script. And then you can have that clause at the bottom that says this, you know, like when you send it to other people to look at and they look at it and they say at the bottom, mm -hmm. They know it's registered with the writers. Go. These are things to protect our intellectual property. Because anybody can steal our joke. Anybody can steal our script. Anybody can steal what we pass around for other people to see while we're trying to sell it. So what people don't understand about the writer's strike is that it's it's so many writers and there's not enough for them to write on. Meaning, for example, back in the day, you could be on a pot. You could write on the show. They had like 16 fucking seasons. You might work on it for 10 months. <laughs> Everybody collaborated on it. Now it's like these mini sessions because they're doing a lot of streaming. They only need you for like six seasons or like six little short things to see if it's going to work. So they may bring you in and once they're done with you, they may not even use you on the next, that next episode. So that's the thing that we're trying to fight in terms of being writers because there's more streaming services than there are networks that are picking up shows and they're doing that 
because they know they they can pay you less. Studios are smaller, and these big studios, there's like a four hundred eighty-six million dollar increase that we're trying to get is right just to live on because you can't really live. <clears throat> Where writers live, they can't really live on that salary in New York and Los Angeles. So it makes sense to increase their ranges, regardless if they're working on the loop. These streaming companies are under these big ass production companies that have the money. So that's what's on the negotiating table. And I make sure, and as SAG members, make sure y'all go in and vote for the, uh, if you get it in the mail, you know, make sure you go in and vote for this vote yes for the actors, you know, so that we, and I want them to strike as long as possible because you all need the money and they can see how important it is. Because all these shows, ain't nothing in production. Ain't nobody writing on shit. And you just watching old stuff. And if you need something to watch, make sure you come and watch Tighten Up Tuesday at nine o'clock PM on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I, Perfect. I'm an advocate for that because I'm like one of those behind the scene people. I love doing things for SAG after. Just to make sure I'm in the loop. I'm always that person that you can call and be like, girl, what can SAG after get me? And I'd be like, girl, you better call about that $600 emergency loan they're giving out to all the active people. And <laughs> I just let people know that stuff because I'm very active as with my local chapter here in Philly. Mm -hmm. Very active. I so. want to also um, add in with the, the streaming, which is a very important, is one of the things that happens for actors is uh, residuals. And um, there's so many different ways in which they are allowed to navigate around paying you. So for instance, um, there's no residuals in reality. So once you, you pay yourself, you get paid for that episode. And every time that episode airs, you are not getting any money off of that episode, um, which is, uh, they navigate that by saying you're playing yourself. And so any place in which it is non-scripted or playing yourself, there are uh, a, a lot of restrictions and things that need to be corrected even there. I've done reality television. I understand with that. Um, I One of my first big projects before I be became a part of the union, I know a lot of people don't like to become a part of the union because of the dues and... I love being a part of that. I got grandfathered in. I was dodging the union as long as I could. Um, where for SAG, where it became um, necessary is I was doing a project. I was literally, every time I got on, I did this project, I was being paid $75 and it was on a major network. I was getting $75 um, when I was forced to, uh, not, I, won't, I won't say four because I'm glad I'm a part of SAG, but the, there was no way I could not be a part of SAG because I'd done so much on television at that point. Um, it increased my pay. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but let's say I went from making $75 to making thousands of dollars a week. As a so, yeah. There's a benefit for that yeah. because you have a union behind you that are fighting for your things. What is happening with the writers is you are not with streaming. We don't, they're not giving the numbers on how often people are going to access streams. Every time there is a stream, there is a pay source of some kind. Even if you pay not to have commercials during your streaming, that is still money that is being accessed per stream. 
So when we don't have transparency in that, when we don't have contracts that say that writers get certain uh, residuals off of streaming, uh, when you have networks that now also have streaming sources, it's not just going through television or cable. You can go online, you can access it through apps. Um, that kind of jurisdictions needs to be established. And right now, I think a lot of networks are willing to come to the table and talk about it. I know that there are, uh, you know, specifically there is a network that is holding out, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. who, what, where, <laughs> why, because we all work with that, <laughs> that network. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of people I love and friends over at that place. But um, it is... Um, it, I want people to understand just because you see people on television, just because you see people in entertainment and writing, it is still feast and famine. A, lo a lot of us are not comfortable until we get to a place of the people that you call the goats who are making millions and millions of dollars and they have pajama money. I have feast or famine. You see me on TV. You see me a lot. I'm here and there. It's because I have to be. Because we get paid. If I'm not on television, if I'm not writing on something other than doing stand-up, which is fortunate for us that we all do stand-up, but we can still get money there, but it's not, you know, television money. Um, we are, don't ever think that we think we're better than anybody because we are on television, because we have, this is just our job, like whatever job you go to to make money, that we are working a job. Right. Amen. Right. And, and trying to get all a check the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's constant. It is, you know, it's a, it's, yeah, you're trying to get on the next thing you can write on. You're trying to get on the next show mm -hmm. that you can, you know, as a stand up, you're trying to, any anything that we can do, we're, we're trying. Yeah. We're, we're just trying we're to get to, to work. Like everybody yeah. else, we're business women, we're entrepreneurs out there trying to make a living, working for ourselves like other people. So that's where people do get it twisted. They feel like, like you said, they see you on TV. Everybody saw me on. Cause somebody was like, they said to me at Aldi's, oh my God, I can't believe you shopping here. And you, I was like, you crazy. I've been here all the time. Because I've been yeah. yeah. I was like, what are you yeah. talking about? I'll be at the Goodwill. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Buy high-end groceries. But I would well, not have like, oh, now that I'm making more money, I'm going to stop shopping at all these. Hell no. All these be having a whole gourmet section full of nice shit. And I like all these. And I and the lady was like, thank you for shopping. I was like, girl, you ain't got to thank me shit. I'm going to be here next week. <laughs> thank you. Another point, though, as far as like for anybody that's watching, like also just go. You know, if you just go to Twitter and look at some of the writers that are sharing their different stories, that's also, that'll help put a lot of it in perspective because, you know, there are going to be people that are like, well, because I've seen people actually making threats online, like, well, I don't know why they striking. You know, this is crazy. You know, I don't know why they're right. doing this. Or if I go outside, I'm going I'm to run over people. Like, I've seen those kind of things, you know, online and people are like, yeah, and, and, and like, getting hype about that kind of stuff and it's like but no all you have to do is just read some stories of real people that are living this every day that are like hey this is a thing that is happening to me and this is what I'm trying to do to survive because even like some of the stuff that I've you know just looked at I've like I was like oh I didn't realize I kind of had a similar story but I didn't 
you know, but I'm so, you know, newer to the writer's deal that I was like, oh, I didn't, oh, this is a common thing because somebody was talking about how they sold a pilot and that they were just saying like to the, to anybody who isn't in that world, they might look at it and go, oh, well, you sold a pilot for, pilot for this certain amount of money. So you sold it for $125,000. So that means you're rich. And then, oh. and then they go, well, no, actually what happens is you get, you only get money as you hit certain milestones, you know? And so if you, yeah. if that There's thing doesn't, yeah. yeah, if you don't hit, if you don't commence, if you don't go to this step and this step, then you don't actually get, and if that show never gets made, you never right. got that $125,000 that people think that you just walked away with, you know, that, that kind of thing. So it's- Even if you had $125,000, people are going to, I think the problem- <laughs> disconnect is, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mia, but because you, you're hitting a good point that I want to illuminate. The disconnect is, in the world of entertainment, across the board, writing, producing, directing, acting, all of that, the, uh, people who are not in entertainment, who watch the, the magic, because you have to remember, this world is very phony, <laughs> right? It is to entice and engage and entertain you. And you can't engage and entertain people without giving them some sparkle and some dazzle. People like to look at things. Uh, the Kardashians became a thing because we wanted to emulate their lifestyle. What they were doing was so different than what we had. And we wanted to see the opulence. And because of that, now that with Kim Kardashian saying she's having problems being a single mother, people are sort of like, oh, well, you have a maid, you have this. We, you have to remember, take aside the, the luxury that some people may have or are perceived to have. We're still human beings in a working environment. I'm not, I'm not going to stress too much with the Kardashians because I know that's a whole different spin. But <clears throat> when I, whenever I go somewhere, my family treats me like, oh, my God, yeah, you know, here's a plate. I don't need to. I'm not the queen of England. Like. I'm doing something that you think is foreign because you don't do it. Do it. But right. understand that it is a job and it is a process. It is a process to um, come up with an idea. Most of the time, you're going to have to partner with someone when, with the idea. When you decide to go to a network, you and that person are going to have to work on that. Then you're going to have to go to the network. Once it goes in that next tier and layer, then a production company has to become involved. That's all of this stuff is not even greenlit your project and you are working on this time where you may not be getting that money or it's not enough for the course of the time that you're getting. It's like that money's got to last you for however long it takes for the process to get off. Not to mention they're giving you a lump sum. That money has to get taxed through your corporation. Mm -hmm. Before uh, on the un on the untaxed money, you have to give your agent the cut, your manager the cut, you know your lawyer who looks over the contract. So ten percent, ten percent, twenty five percent, and that's before people have even taken the taxes off of it. Then once the taxes is taken off the whole, not accounting that you've taken money for your manager, agent, and lawyer, you get whatever left after yeah. that. And then from that money, the corporation has to pay out. You have to pay yourself as an employee. So I think people have to not look at the money uh, that people are making and understand it's almost like how long is that money supposed to stretch? 
People are in deals that last a couple of years yeah. off of some that can only take you for six months. You understand? So, and and we and I always tell people also the thing we have to remember is we have to watch the environments that we live in too. It's about our security. Once you get into a certain level, it's one of the reasons why I had to move to a doorman building. People thought I was making money. People were writing, had access to my home and people in prison had were writing me love letter. And it was just like, then you're like, well, I have to maintain a certain level of security. Um, and how, even at my level, why am I doing that? But that costs money. A doorman building costs money. You know, flights cost money. Writing costs money. It, it's, well, I love what we do. Because yeah, you love it, but I want people people know the side that they don't get to see, which is nobody gets to see the underside of anybody's job. Yeah, but the The fact that we're in a whole different realm, entertainment is in the realm in and of itself, beyond any other job that's done on this planet. So therefore, it feels like we're put on a pedestal. And like you said, people automatically think you have fame and fortune and they don't know your struggle. They don't know what you have to do to maintain that. They don't know what it takes to get there, to maintain it, to reinvent yourself that, so that you can have longevity and have a plan for when you get old and Hollywood don't want you anymore. Right. So, and you have to continue to be relevant. You have to continue. Yeah, Every yeah. time you go on a writing yeah. job, there is a packet they go, they look at writing submission packets. That's for everybody. I mean, sometimes people be like, hey, you know, I know, whatever, whatever. But for right. the most part, you got to have a packet ready so that when your agent calls you and says, listen, we got an opportunity for, they're looking for writers here, you got to be able to submit. Then you, sometimes you got to take that package and you have to adjust and curate that package for the show. Right. Whether it's a late night talk show you're writing for, whether it's scripted, whether somebody wants you to come on and help with the feature, so the, the, it's no nobody's just giving you anything. We are we are working very hard, and especially as black people, but especially as black women. Yes, mm. and that is it, why I don't justify my worth to a promoter or anybody that books me because they don't know what all it takes for you to get up daily and work on your daily life, be your own boss, have a schedule. You don't have nobody banging. We don't get uh, workman's comp, vacation time. If we don't show up or don't, that's on us. So I, I get a lot of promoters that are like, well, why do you think you worked that much? So-and-so came and did my show for that amount. I'm like, well, then call them back. Call right, them back. Because this oh. is what I'm and I know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm not strangling your neck over the, I ain't asking you for five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, but I know what I'm worth on this show. And if you ain't got it, then you need to call them back and right. lose my number. Well, until you mm-hmm. and yeah, to work that we, we put our work into what we do. That's why we're where we are and moving up to, uh, to drive home that point of a blue collar mentality. Um, Mia has to be somewhere very blue collar. And she has to step off. What oh, are you doing, shit. Mia? Why you gotta go? <laughs> he well, said, she was making, he made it seem like I'm. You see how he do you? He made it seem like you was going to shovel coal or some shit. Right. You were no, you, you guys are talking about how you you're on the grind. You're like, you're you're doing like, hard. And Mia, go. Mia has to leave right now. Out. What do you? Where are you going, Mia? Chris, what if I don't? Oh, 
I'm going to go see my niece. That's where I'm going. She got your ass. She going to I'm going, Chris. <laughs> you know that thing is boring. None of your damn business. Ah, uh, I thought we no, could no, say no, that was the joke. If you, if you must know, Chris. Uh, no, I'm actually going to go see a play. Oh, the yeah. tough okay. life of a the tough life of an entertainer <laughs> has to leave a podcast with, to see a play. And we have to get there early. And you know, I'm gonna yeah. and I'm gonna take the train because there's a writer strike right now. I ain't got no writing job, Chris. So I gotta take the train yeah. to the show. Yeah, those VIP seats aren't gonna seat themselves. So get on. Oh, you back in the city? Get, call me after. Come. I'm I'm off tonight. Come hang out. Come to the house. <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna call you when the play is over. Yeah, call me. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the caviar yeah. tasting should be over oh, by then. Be quiet, Chris. <laughs> Chris, you listen, oh, Chris. Funny. <laughs> Chris, you, Chris. I love the New York City vibe. Down. I'm so glad COVID is over and people are doing this. Yeah, getting together and dropping by, all that. So yeah, that's, yeah. I got to get my pinches. Uh, Mia gives me my little, my little no, pinch. I pinch her on the arm. <laughs> I go. That's not all. That's the, I just all the time. Oh. All kidding aside, follow Mia on Instagram. She checks it twice a year at Mia Comedy. Uh, I'm better. I'm gonna do better, Chris. I am. Don't feel bad, Mia. Don't do bad. I'll take mine when I feel like it. It's so not a yeah. priority. Yeah. I got real shit over here I'm trying to handle. Like, you know, get show all of that, all the shit you're doing. So I get it. And then it's good okay. that people know that we're busy. So when we're not yes. checking, whenever they see what the fuck we doing. Working nine to five. Nine to five. At least I know I am. I'll be right here in this office working if I'm not on the road. So Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll hang out with Yamanika and uh, and be a little bit longer. Follow Mia on Instagram at Mia Comedy. Support all the good stuff you see her out live, and uh, probably tell, encourage Sherry to have her on the Sherry Show. I think that'd be a good fit too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Have fun. Have fun. Have fun at the champagne uh, uh, yeah, event. Have fun at the play, Mia. Enjoy it. Bye. Nice meeting you, Mia. I'm glad you heard good things about me. Great spirit, likewise. Enjoy. Bye, Mia. Bye. <laughs> what? Love her. You ain't jumping on the screen to replace Mia? Uh, as, uh, as, uh, okay. Yes, I will. Hang on. Hang on. All I know is when September get here, I hope you have a haircut before September 8th. Honey. Yeah. All I know is when I land in St. Louis, I might cut your hair June 7th. Please do. Because B don't want to cut hair. Dominica, you don't even know how long his hair is in the back. It is ridiculous. It's like uh, right turn here. Around. Are you serious, Chris? Yeah, it is long in the back. It's because there's not enough black women around here to get them together. Girl, he ain't trying to find <laughs> He get work. All you do is live in that studio. He ain't trying to find no love. Chris don't want no love in his life. No, that's why this is exactly why I need to marry him because we both are business savvy. There you know, it, is. I, it won't be a romantic relationship, but we'll make money. 
It'll be, it'll be, there'll be a lot of acquiring of things that you can never use, right? Like, oh, hey, got a timeshare. Uh, cool. <laughs> Haven't been there in three years. That's awesome. <laughs> and the cats and dogs get together. Will they get along in the household together? I don't yes, have, okay. I don't have any dogs. You'll get We're a dog. What? Both yeah. my dogs died in the last year. When did you, you just, I, the last time I talked to you, you had a dog laying next to you. Yeah, Nika, there's a difference between dying and having to be put to sleep. Oh, I mean, oh, it wasn't, I mean, they were both, both of them had to be put to sleep. They both just yeah. kind of out of nowhere got sick, but out of nowhere, 16 and 13. Like yeah, Chris, don't say it like I, that. It wasn't like they came, he came home and the dog was dead. I'm sorry, I didn't know, I knew one, but I didn't know, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, you know, I, it's not, I don't really, you know. It sucks, but it's part of the deal, you know. And you're gonna get another dog, Chris. You're a dog person, so when you're ready. I'm, the, I'm a pet person. I'm shocked you didn't tell me that. I yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I have to burden everybody. It sucks. Who wants to hear about that? That's sad. Yeah, I would have. Why not? Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that we become a mental health issue problem. Yeah, we can talk about you. Talk about everything. Right. When, when my Forbesy died, my my little baby here, and he got cancer out of nowhere. It was one of the most painful things. I mean, he was like a mama's boy. He was following me everywhere. He knew his yeah. name. He would stand up for me to pick him up. He was almost like a human. And the I didn't want to put him down. They said he was in suffering. I mm. I, I let him linger for almost a week. I had to put him down. I was glad that my friends were there, that I was able to share with them. They came, a bunch of my friends came when we put him down. We had a little service before we put the needle in him, the first one. Um, my friend was there to take over. I just needed to make sure that he saw me, even though it was very painful for mm -hmm. me. I needed him to know that I was there with him when he got that first needle that was going to take tranquilize him. And, you know, and then the other one was going to take him out. And I couldn't see that one. My friend said, turn, I'll take it over. And if I hadn't had a community of people there with me, um, I don't know where I would have been. It, it was a it was a pain that, you know, I lost my grandparents who raised me. I love my grandparents with all my heart. Yeah. And um it losing them took some took something away from me that it, it, I'll never regain. Mm -hmm. But when I lost Forbes. It was the same kind of pain, but oh, but that that was my baby. So I'm sorry for your loss. Well, thank you. It is something that we always think about. Uh, I'm not a parent, so I'm sure parents always think about their own children and worry Can't about their children. Imagine as a pet parent, from the yeah. time you get that pet, you're like, how long do I have? <laughs> and you know, yeah. It's, I was lucky. Yeah. They lived 16 and 13. They were pretty good. I think I put up like an Instagram post. I like you make like a little post. So you're like, Oh, I can remember that. But yeah, it's not easy. This is the longest. Um, I'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. Um, crazy. Longest I went without a dog. My I've had dogs my entire life. Like I'm talking baby to, to now. So yeah, I'll have another dog eventually, but, uh, thank you. And there you go. See, People do care about me, everybody. I don't know. You and y'all might be match, Chris. Y'all both have birthdays coming up in June. That's coming up quick, huh? Yeah. You're both turning around a great a great number in terms of age. So Wait, when's your birthday, Yamanika? No, mine's in November. Yeah, that's what I oh, thought. 
I no. Chris is a Gemini, which is really... I read the thing wrong. You sent me about your birthday celebration. No, yeah, no. Okay. I, I sent it to you now because I want people to prepare for it. I, I hope you can come be... Because I want everybody... Now, let me just say this. I can't tell you where it is, guys, because I, I want my friends to get the best deals on rooms. But right. I... Um, you, could, am, you could cause a rush. Like, the people that... I, like, I assume if who you're, you're inviting, like, this could be a party. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to talk oh, about it. No, I'm inviting some. And now I don't know, let people schedule the stuff, but yeah. we're going somewhere. I'm excited. I wanted water. I'm a Scorpio. I like water. Um, I'm reflecting now. I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm excited. I just want to have fun. I want to, you know, for a long time, and really I, I, I get upset because I feel like, you know, a lot of the kids in the 20s, they were complaining, right, that the pandemic ruined their 20s because- you know, they were just getting into life, but I'm like, there's nothing worse than having the pandemic ruin your forties. You know, and, I mean, really, we didn't talk about that. Oh, I mean, when one year of your no, whole life. Uh, it was kind of two years plus. It was like three years. And, and like I, I just was getting into my 40. So I said, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not enjoy. I'm you know, and I'm not, I'm changing my perspective. I've been really down on myself, down on, oh, this, oh, no, I, that's why I said the things I said about Tina Turner, but I do agree with um, B when she said, let's not just focus on the negative mm. and the overcoming, but for me, knowing that as a woman, I never would have thought age would be a thing because I never lived my life in validation of anything superficial like beauty or age. Right. But what I've noticed is even though I may not be letting age cripple me, I am in a society that likes to start to ostracize women and it right. starts with age and it has, it's outside of me. It is a narrative that is being pushed and I am fighting against that. Um, you are not going to sit me down. Who's going to sit me down is God. When it is his time, for him to sit me down, I will sit down. Until then, we are marching on to Zion with fortitude. That's why I love what Tina Turner has done, what her life has only gotten better. I love what Bev is doing. I love what Sherry's doing. I love what Kim's doing, B's doing. I have a whole bunch of women ahead of me who are not yeah. Jackie Fabulous, not who are uh, Leslie Jones, who ain't sitting down. Exactly. And, and I ain't gonna I think it goes for you two, too. I said this to Sherry and Kim and B, go right ahead. Um, we got about 10 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. I say I asked Sherry and Kim this, and they were like, oh, maybe. And in a way, I was kind of trying to make them joke and say I was the reason, but it's not, it's, 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 I'm being stupid when I say that. I, at the age of Sherry and Kim are at, I said, for all you two have done, for all your resumes, for all your people love you, you've checked every box you possibly could. No one, you know, obviously there you can keep ascending, but pretty tough to to get to those levels in in entertainment. Is this the best three year run? They've got two NAACP Image Awards or a podcast. They've got TV shows. Sherry has her dream job. They've both been in movies, TV shows, everything, streaming stuff. You forget Sherry's on an HBO series or still is. Um, is this the best three-year run that the two of them have had collectively? And I think that they'd have to say yes, which means the best parts of their career have come at the age they're at now. And that's 
same way. I feel the same way in terms of, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with where you are in Hollywood or where they see you. It also has to do with where you are as a person and if you're ready for that growth and just the things that you need to do to prepare yourself to keep on going in this business. Mm -hmm. So if you like me, I'm one of them lay low and grow because I always, I want to live. No matter what comes my way, I want to live to be, I don't know what God has for me, but I want to live to be old. That's one of my things. I don't worry about aging. I don't worry about getting old. None of that. And I just think because I just want to live and I love life, that's what is like my inspiration on a daily of getting up and being motivated. I look at people like my grandmother who's in her 90s and still drives and wears fly clothes and shit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. can I have that purse? Exactly. To people like Tina Turner. That's what I inspire to say that when I look back at my journey, I've had a long life. And that's all mm -hmm. I want on this planet. And whatever comes with it, I just feel as though I'm only getting better at it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I embrace is in terms of getting and becoming an older woman. And I love it. And I always tell people I'm like five years older than I am. And they'd be like, you lying. I'm like, no. And I have the whole year. You know, y'all may be having the date worked out. I tell everybody I was born in 63 because I love, <laughs> I just love life. And I feel like as you get older, you can embrace it. And I really try to encourage women to know that we all got to get old. And it's a blessing to get old. You cannot change getting old if God lets you live. But you can control how you age. Yes. You really can. It's all in your spirit. And you can't let people, oh, I'm sorry, you can't pe let people define you, like you say, and make you feel insecure about your age. Because yes. look at Kim and Sherry. Like, people gravitate to them because of who they are. People gravitate to me because I love talking about my flash rags. And I made people feel comfortable <laughs> about how flashes. I'm serious. I've had pl plenty of women say to me, you know what? I'm just going to embrace this because it's a part of life. And they feel better instead of worrying about what people think in the office with them having a flash and all. Right. It's a life just like having a period. Embrace it. You can't do nothing about it. And all the stuff that they have for you to do about it has its side effects. All of us, you ain't the first person on this damn planet that had a high flash. It's just, so embrace it, make fun of it, love it. Just like you have to work with your period, you got to work with high flashing. It's a part of getting older. You should be thankful you're getting there. But we are in a society where we feel like as women, we, um, you know, we start to sag here and there. We don't have that, that youthful look. You're not supposed to. You are supposed to be where you are at that moment and work mm -hmm. with that instead of trying mm -hmm. to be like, you got your high school weight. You see, well, why don't you be happy with where you are and work on getting better at that? And then all that other stuff don't matter. It don't matter. It's just commentary. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about getting older. And I get it from my grandma. She wanted them don't care about what nobody say. It's like, do you? Because you only got a certain amount of time on this planet. Yeah. So earn it. That's what grandma says all the time. Earn your life on this planet. God gave it to you for a reason so that when you stand before him, he ain't just judging you on your sins. He's judging you on your life, how you live and what you do. Did you make it better for other people? So earn it. Do something good. That's all I love. That's what I love about life. You know, just like doing good, helping people and, you know, just mm -hmm. live it. Every day is a different day I've never seen. I say it all day long, Chris. Today is a new day I've never seen. So that's all I thought it was. Inspiring.
you know, so if you want to see some inspiring ladies on the road, Sherry and Kim, Colleen, Texas, coming up, SherryShowTV.com slash tour. Get your tickets. They're going to be together at that one. And then Sherry, again, is at the Charlotte Comedy Zone this weekend. And this is me buying time as I say I look for the flyer uh, <laughs> to toss I love back up. out doing what she's always I am too. Yeah, yeah. So really embracing being back on the road because she always felt she never really got a chance to just like be on the road. Uh, she hit it in terms of like she didn't have to be on the road long at all, maybe like two years. And she got lucky doing different, uh, you know, comedy shows and jumping on Jamie Foxx and all the different stuff. But she always wanted to be on the road. And so it's like now she's at a point where Jeffrey's older. She can go mm -hmm. out for a thing. And she's, I'm just proud of her because she's really making it work and telling her story. And I'm just so proud of where she's come in terms of being on the road like five years ago when she was feeling like, oh, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do on the road, but I want to be on the road. And she loves it. Whereas yeah. most people our age, we've been on the damn road. It's like, we tired of come, being on the road. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so most people, we don't, you know, we're not trying to be on the road. So I just totally admire that about her. It but comes, I love the road. I love the road. I don't complain about it. It comes across on stage. I, know, I think it was last yeah. week, for those of you tuning in, Sherry was kind of giving herself a hard time for being... Uh, difficult during a great show here in St. Louis, but, uh, you know, she was a little hard on herself, but we all had a blast and her and Kim, I would just say it shines through. Like when you go, I mean, people are great actors and really into their acts and stuff too. But let me tell you something. There were 500 people in a 500 person theater B a, you were, you were there, you performed those people lost their minds and they get to tell everybody they went and saw all those funny people that night because Sherry and Kim were kind enough to share the stage with some folks and it it's it's shining through. So I, I recommend doing it. Also, hey, we were talked about this, but uh, go back on YouTube. Watch your friend Yamanika <laughs> on the Laugh Lounge. <laughs> I couldn't even grab a screen grab of you, of you being still. Love the outfit. Yeah. Very funny appearance. Yeah. I know B's, uh, B's going to be on there before too long, I hope. And uh, Yamanika crushed it. Do you have a good time? I did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. I don't know what Sherry wants me to share. <laughs> so I, first of all, I love that outfit. I hate. I hated the way I looked, to be honest with you, because I hate when I sit down because I'm so busty and everything looks like it doesn't. It didn't reflect all the working out that I've done and my toning. Mm. You know, because I just felt I looked squatty. But I love the outfit. I got the outfit from a uh, 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 culture's closet, but. Uh, I, we, when we took, when we stopped doing, uh, we finished taping second season of Life and Beth, I took my weave out because I want, I want to just have my hair for a while. I don't, you know, and with the writer's strike, I'm like, I don't have to do my hair. So then I forgot I had to do Sherry. I said, Sherry, I need some hair. Sherry said, come on, get some hair. Sherry, give me some hair. Sherry gave me hair and her hairstyle. I mean, Sherry is so damn generous and amazing. I mean, she was just like, girl, yeah, come on. I was like, because I don't have no hair. So that hair, if you could, if you put that up, that picture up again, that hair is thanks to Sherry Shepard. How generous. <laughs> I was a guest on her show begging for hair. She I was going to say that looks like a Sherry wig that's usually hanging in the <laughs> right, she gave me hair. And yeah, the wig. <laughs> yeah, Sherry. No, yeah, that's the wig. 
The wig that she got on when we did that's the wig you had on. I've seen that wig before. I was gonna say I, that looks too familiar, yeah. Because <laughs> it's in her dressing room where she gets her hair. Yes, so I yes. you had a nice selection. Yes. Yes. Like, damn, y'all niggas no, got on the wig. <laughs> I got this hat. I just wear my hair back in abundance. I'm just like, I said, Sherry, I ain't got no hair. Sherry said, come on. So I know she did, you know, she would never in a million years, right, tell me to tell that story. I don't know if she want that story even out, but that made me feel so good. The energy over there, her team, of course, seeing John. John and I used to do uh, Meredith Fierre together. Um, just, I, Yo, I can't say enough about the people over there. Sherry has created such a vibe of humanity, love. The crowd is getting love and energy. Just everything Sherry does is with love and Kim as well. So uh, I'm every time I'm asked to come on here, I'm gonna be here if I can because it's just I'm always amazed that they would even ask me to come in and fill their space because they have such an awesome and dynamic. Uh, energy, chemistry, spirit, it is uh, big shoes to follow. Yes, I'm totally blessed. I'm surprised they call on me because you know how ignorant I am. (laughs) I am very blessed to be in this position. And you know, I'm always indebted to them being on their channel with my Tighten Up Tuesday show. So, um, you know, Sherry and I have been friends for almost 25 years now, and I've just been so blessed. She's just always been a great spirit. And she's never going to change. I mean, what would she change into? Who would she be if she changed? She's she's who she is. And that's why I love her. She's just so great with her crazy little self. I love it. Girl, you're killing me with Sherry Wig on. That is so funny. <laughs> I'm looking like, that don't even look like Yami. I'm looking at the ramp like, when Yami had a wig like that? I'm like, hell no. That's Sherry's wig, but that's hilarious. Before but we go. Yami, remember when you came to Sherry house and I did your hair? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. And she let me come yeah. in there. You took care yeah. of me. And that's when you met Sherry. You was like, girl, yes. I said, well, you better bring yes. your ass up and get your hair done for free right in her dining room. <laughs> I did your hair right in her dining room. She yeah. sure did. She sure did. That's oh. how we work. That's how we roll because we look out for each other. We've always yeah. done it while we're great friends. I love it. I, uh, June, people. coming up June 2nd, um, Kim is back. Act your age. Bounce TV. Check mm-hmm. it out. Everybody be sure to tune in for that. You know all about it. So exciting. It's it's cool to see so many people reacting so well to that. So watch that. Obviously, you want to watch the Sherry show, and you're going to tune in, and you're going to uh, check out all the projects B and Yamanika and Mia have coming on. Uh, we'll get out of here. But uh, ladies, any plugs before we go? Uh June 7th, I'm in St. Louis at KJ's on Broadway, my favorite karaoke spot, even though it's not a karaoke spot they do it on Thursday, but I love coming home. So anytime I get an opportunity to be in St. Louis, I'm there. And then I'm in Florida at Dania Beach Casino, June 24th, right outside of like Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. I need to be home more. I'm trying to get my house together. I mean, I get it. I I, um, major home project, so. I'm in, hold on a second, Brooklyn. I'm coming. I'm, uh, my cats is, they need I didn't mama. know they talk to you. I forgot they be talking to you. They be talking, you know, they can yeah, hurry up. Where's my food at? Where's my food at? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to be doing the roast of anti-Semitism uh, on June 14th what? at the yes. <laughs> What? Yes, we are roasting anti-Semitism, uh, bringing so awareness to. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, finish your plug. Finish your plug. Yeah, it's going to be at the Sabian Theater um, in Los Angeles, June fourteenth. Uh, come out. We are here to. Uh, it is an effort to make sure that we stop anti-Semitism and any of the other discriminations that are going here. So um, it's going to be a great cast of people. Howie Mandel's on it. Jeff Ross is on it. Jessica Kerrison, Michael Rappaport, myself, uh, Triumph the Dog, Elon Gold is going to be on it, uh, Rachel Bloom, and I saw another couple of few other special guests. So that's happening. And then I'm also uh uh doing i think it's the 24th or the 27th but go to my instagram uh, at yamanika i will be posting stuff on my stories um uh comedy hype is doing its first uh comedy show so it's going to be me um and pierre and uh, i believe capone and a few other people so we're working on that so yeah there's a couple of things coming up but you can check me out at everything at yamanika and uh, just a shout out to Chris. Thank you for being here today and for uh, letting me come on. Uh, B, you know how I feel about you. I love you so much. You, you are an amazing spirit. Mia knows I care for her. Uh, Sherry and Kim. And just I'm always blessed. I'm always amazed uh, when I come back here. And I love the audience here. Thank you guys so much for your love and your hospitality and allowing me to come on. And Chris, you know, I always have to show love to two funny mama fans because I share them on my show, Tighten Up Tuesday. So, of course, I have love for both spaces and I'm always honored to be here. It's been a minute. So thank you, Chris. And thank you, Sherry and Kim, for having me back. Of course, you know, I love two funny mamas. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Everybody have a great holiday weekend. I keep forgetting it's a holiday weekend. Get out there, relax, enjoy the time off, and uh, follow me, Insta Denman, on Instagram. Ladies, great show. I'm glad Mia got to jump in. Yes. Funny as ever. Great work, and rest in peace, Tina Turner. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in. Rest in peace. See you, y'all. Love you. Love you, Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, 
MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.